Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul, you're on your own. A crow flies straight, a perfect line. Welcome to Way In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Joined tonight with co-host Trey Patterson, and boy, do we have some college football to talk about tonight. We've made it five weeks so far through the college football season, and, you know, the the first week was special because it was finally here, but this is the, the best week of college football I remember in a long, long time. So I hope everybody can call in tonight. I'm still getting chat working right now, and if I'm a little slow tonight, forgive me. I've had a migraine headache today, and it has it's gotten a little better, but still I'm not 100%, so I'm not going to try to go too long tonight. Maybe I can get some good sleep tonight and get ready for this weekend and actually my work day tomorrow, but Trey should be with us shortly. We're going to preview tonight 10 games that Trey listed out for us in college football and also five in the NFL. So Trey's going to be the co-host tonight. Hopefully he can uh, pick up my slack tonight. I'm going to chime in as much as I can go. I'm I'm getting chat up, like I said. But, you know, last weekend the pick champion was was the host of Weigh-In Sports Talk. We went 13-2 out of 15 games, 10 in college and five in the NFL. Trey, um, the host, finally got our crown back. We got our crown back finally. <laughs> yeah, buddy, we got it back. It's uh, where it, it's where it should be. It feels like home, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you you let somebody borrow it for a week, and and it's just not the same. We wanted it back. We went and got it, and and I expect the same this weekend. I expect another thirteen and two at least. I mean, that's what I expect out of us. So here we are tonight, Trey. I mean, how pumped up are you that this weekend's finally getting closer and? There's some big games. This is probably the easiest you've ever worked coming up with 10 games. <laughs> it, it was not hard this weekend, and, and even the lesser-tier games were interesting, I think, to a college football fan. Uh, there's some interesting storylines in some of the B and C-level games, which we have had such a many of those in the last couple of weeks. And this week, there's just a lot of teams who are ranked playing each other, and that is always a good weekend. Yeah, you have what is it, three games that involve top 15 teams playing each other? We know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of the SEC West, I, I just can't believe that the the SEC West is as strong as it is. But Actually, it's, it's four. Gonna start, right or it's four. Well, I mean, I, I think what's going to happen is now it, it's unavoidable. The SEC West is going to start cannibalizing on each other. And I don't know how many teams – if two SEC teams make a playoff trade, do you think they'll both come out of the West, or do you think one will come out of the East if two made it? I, I see the West as being such a strong conference, um, and maybe maybe somebody gets lucky and runs it undefeated, uh, and the other one um, gets in um, with a loss. I, I just um, I think it's possible uh, that that happens. Uh, I know a lot of people maybe not may not feel the West is that that you know, that capable, but, you know, we've been here before uh, in similarly situated 
um, where we thought a lot of these teams in the West were pretty good, especially the Mississippi clubs, and they ended up not being good. And so, you know, there are some of these schools that right now, Tarvin, could be in the top 15 and end up with three and four, you know, in losses. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm not sold on some of these teams, and I think that the elite will start rising to the top uh, of college football. It, as you coined it, Tarvin, it is separation Saturday, and it's separation month because October is known to sort of separate the, the people who survived in September and those who will move on. Yeah, and see what you have here is the first month, everybody's fresh, they're they're playing cupcakes, but when you get down to the October, November, that's that's where your depth comes into play. And I think, uh, you know, if you're Ole Miss, how deep are you? If you're Mississippi State, really, how deep are you past that first string? And I think that's why you'll see a drop-off Mississippi State, Ole Miss, teams like that, 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 yeah, they won a game here and there. Even if Ole Miss beats Alabama, I don't think Ole Miss, you know, continues to to win the West by no means. But it's a I mean, it's a great weekend of sports. I mean, Oregon, Arizona is on your list, Trey. That's a twenty four point spread, I believe. And I'll show you how big the how bad the Pac twelve is when that's a big game and Oregon's favored twenty four points. Yeah, I mean I have the game on there because, you know, we're in October and you have two undefeated Pac twelve teams playing each other. I know on paper it doesn't look great. Uh, and uh, it won't take much for me to pick my pick on. But you, you just never know. I mean, it is on the road for Arizona. Uh, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek. I mean, but, you know, they're 4-0. They haven't played the, the best football. Um, but, you know, hey, anything can happen, and I, I put it on there because you have an undefeated Pac-12 matchup, uh, although on paper it looks pretty bad. Oh, I mean, it's a, I ought to put the game on there, too, but I was just speaking about the conference. But if you remember last year, Oregon went into Arizona and got thumped, mm-hmm. so a little payback on the mind of Oregon. But, you know, I don't think Oregon's good enough up front to really do a lot about it. I think they're very vulnerable, so it's an interesting matchup. I don't care what Vegas says. They, it, it's hard to predict these games when they're in-conference games. So that's what I'm looking forward to finally, Trey. College football is here, of course, but we're in the conference play now. I'm, I'm not, no more Sam Houston States and – and UTEPs, hopefully, and Louisiana Techs. This is this is the real action. So if you're a college football fan, Trey, this weekend your team's playing, you're an SEC fan, do you stay home and watch the games or do you go support your team in person? Well, I mean, that's one of the bigger challenges that you have being a fan. Uh, to me, uh, there's too many games on for me not to, to sit back and watch them. Yeah, I agree. It's just hard. I've got some other things going on. Uh, but, you know, am I upset I'm not going to the game a little bit, but am I happy that I don't have to fight traffic and, and miss every game out there? Yeah, I'm happy about that. So, any well, you know, baseball last night, the wild card played in the American League, and, wow, what a game. Again, I go to bed, Trey, too early mm-hmm. on a sporting event. I don't know if you stayed up for it, but Kansas City shocked the world last night coming back against Oakland. How in the world did they come back? You know that was an amazing game. I I was in the same boat as you. I, I really wanted to stay up. It was a close. It was I think it was tied or a one run game when I went to bed, and I really wanted to stay up for it, but I just couldn't. Uh, and you know, got this morning and was like, man, holy cow, what an amazing finish! And this is what baseball needed, Darvin. I mean, baseball last year was very exciting. At this point in the postseason, we kind of forgot about it. Um, you know, as as a sporting fan base, I know I didn't, but. Um, it's one of those things baseball really needed the attention to come back and say, hey, 
Uh, the last two years have been amazing when it comes to postseason excitement. And we need to be reminded of that as sports fans with so much going on in college and in the NFL. We need to be reminded that, hey, baseball is worth watching in the playoffs. Yeah, tonight we have uh, the San Francisco Giants at the Pittsburgh Pirates, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a big game and pitching. Big E said it the other night when he called in. It's, it's all who's hot pitching at the right time. But any chance you see this Pirates team coming and winning this series against the Giants, I mean, this is – an interesting matchup, especially with home field advantage being with Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, it's a one-game playoff, so, I mean, this, this, this is it um, for the wild mm-hmm. card. I mean, this is you – know, Bumgarner has been great this year, uh, but Volquez has, has a, I think, like a sub-2 ERA and something crazy in September. Uh, not a household name that you probably think of when you just look at the matchup and you're like, wow, Edison Volquez against Bumgarner. Uh, well, come on, Bumgarner's been great for the last three years. Um, but it's a zero-zero game in the second. I think you're seeing Volquez if you're watching him for the first time in Pirate Nation. The guy's been lights out in September. Yeah, you know, in a one-game playoff in this series, I like Pittsburgh. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but one game, play for it all in your backyard. You have the fans. But home field advantage matters in the playoff. Don't let people, you know, tell you it doesn't because it does. Playing in, in your home crowd stadium means a lot but we'll follow baseball next show we'll we'll start the playoff breakdown and everything trey anything any news in the nfl you want to cover real quick before we start breaking down our games uh no how's it going go ahead and get us started you take the lead all right well the first game uh won't take much from me tarvin uh it's the the arizona traveling on the road to, to, to oregon number two in the country both four now I, this is one of those teams that when we get to October, you find yourself undefeated, and they really haven't looked great. And this is where it comes to an end for Arizona. They're going to get destroyed in this game. Um, this point spread being what it is, Tarvin, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be hesitant to even go with that, Tarvin. I, I think Oregon's going to look real good in this game, uh, and I just don't see Arizona being a legitimate undefeated team. Well, Trey, if you don't mind tonight, I do want to talk just college, and we'll just pick our NFL real quick and try to get out of here early. I've had a migraine all day. Like I said earlier, it's gotten better, but I don't need to be looking at a computer or talking too much. But if that's okay with you, we're just going to do our college tonight and and have some fun with that. But, yeah, I'm with you. Oregon, uh, up front, you know, what have they done offensively to – to help that offensive line to practice. I don't, I don't know Arizona is going to be that much of a threat. If this game was in Arizona, I may pull the trigger, Trey, and pick an upset. But after watching Arizona, you kind of keep me into Arizona early. You said this is not a good Arizona team. And I watched them play, and you were right. You've been on them all season long. So you're picking them to get blown out. I'm going to go with you. Oregon wins, and they're lucky they're not in the SEC this week <laughs> because that game would be a lot tougher. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll move us on, Tarvin. Um, maybe maybe Jason will call in and let us know on the Oregon side. But the number number nine game, Tarvin, has a lot, a lot of intrigue to it. You have four and one NC State, who just lost a heartbreaker to Florida State. You have Clemson, who lost a heartbreaker to Florida State. Um, and, and they really have, uh, since they put uh, Watson in as their quarterback, have really looked a totally different team than they were when they were two and one, uh, or excuse me, two and zero or two and one, two and one before they played Florida State. Um, blew out somebody last week, Tarvin, and and I think I'm going to make a prediction now. 
this freshman quarterback for Clemson will take them to an ACC championship in his in his time at Clemson and possibly to a, the playoff. I and mean, he's that good, Tarvin. I think he's going to be amazing. I think Clemson wins at home. I love the fact that what the transfer from Florida has done at NC State. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback for them. But I just think Clemson at home with this freshman phenom, Watson, I, I haven't seen a freshman look that poised. I mean, it's been it's been maybe since Jameis Winston uh, last year, but I mean it was it, he's pretty darn poised, Tarvin. Clemson at home, very close. This is going to be a really cool game to watch. Why did Clemson wait so long to bring this kid up? I mean, it's, look at LSU. It's desperation time, and you said it the other day. These freshmen come in; they're ready to rock and roll almost. I mean, they're ready to play and contribute. Clemson, I agree with you. I think they're going to come out. And they're going to beat NC State good at Clemson. Clemson, you know, a race the season that happened with Georgia that's out of conference. Florida State happens. It's over. You win the rest of your games and you let Florida State's opponents hopefully take care of them a couple of times. You never know what can happen in college football. But I like Clemson a lot in this game, a lot better team with this kid. So I agree with you. Yeah, well, I mean, Clemson's going to be a team at the end of the year that they go to a bowl game and they, they, they're going to be beat somebody pretty good and we're going to be like, wow, how did Clemson lose two games and, you know, maybe even three because, you know, South Carolina has been an Achilles heel for them. Um, but it, I'm telling you, different different team. I, NC State's going to go bowling too and they're going to look pretty good against somebody as well. I, I think they're a different school with the quarterback they have from Florida who makes Driscoll look pretty terrible, that whole decision. Uh, he <laughs> transferred because of, because of Driscoll. Um, but we both have Clemson and Tarvin. The number eight game, uh, some people have this as an upset alert. Uh, two and two Texas. Uh, host number seven, four and oh Baylor. I'm going to tell you, I don't. I, You know, Texas, um, you know, kicked off what, nine guys off the, the – they're, they're cleaning house. It's going to take time. If Charlie Strong is able to turn Texas around, it's not going to be this year. Uh, they had the program, and I don't think we say it enough. Mac Brown – had an awful roster on that team. I mean, just uh, it was running amok. At least Charlie Strong's trying to get a handle on it. I don't know that he'll get there, Tarvin, but it's not going to be this week. Baylor is too good, uh, and I don't think they're going to step um, past Texas. Yeah, how in the world is Texas going to win? They have no depth. They have really no talent, like you said. Baylor is a scoring machine, and even if Texas decides – for a half, they're going to step up and play defense and be there. What's going to happen in the third and fourth quarter once they wear yeah. down? But I don't understand how the line's as low as it is. I think Baylor's only a 15-point favorite, Trey, in this game, and I promise you Baylor should cover this with ease. So I like Baylor big. Yeah, I mean, Baylor, I think you're right. The 15-point spread, we'll, we'll see that in the first half. But Texas, I, I think they're fighting for for – uh, at least they're playing well. I mean, as in as best as they can. They seem to be playing hard for Charlie Strong. But I mean, this is one of the the ones they don't have the horses in the stable to to get to get to the finish line. So speaking of of, of finish line, Tarvin, number seven, two and one, Florida, uh, at two and two, Tennessee. Um, this is a really tough game to pick. I, I, Florida, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to make of them. Still, we're we're here where we are in October. I, and I don't know what they are. Um, I think that we're going to see Trayon Harris be the starting quarterback, and I think it's going to be because of this game. Tennessee, I think, is going to come out 
and play very well against Florida, they seem to be playing um, harder for their coach and more better executing than Florida is right now. I think as long as Jeff Driscoll is the starting quarterback, Tarvin, I think Tennessee wins this game. I think in the second half, though, if this is a close game, and we see Trayon Harris come in, not that I can change my pick in the middle, middle of the game, but I think Florida would win the game. I think he is um, sort of a flash of brilliance as a freshman as well. He'll be he'll make mistakes, but he's pretty darn talented. But as it is, Tarvin, I'm going with uh, Butch Jones uh, and, and the, the boys in Tennessee. Well, if, if Florida does, if they're losing in the second half and they play Harrison, they win, I'll give you credit for it. How about that? <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, but I, I like Tennessee, you know, with Worley, he had a great game last week. He went out for a quarter mm-hmm. on the road at Georgia. They they lost the game, but I know there's no moral victories. It's time for Tennessee to start winning these close games, and I just don't like Florida. And I know Alabama fans out there are saying this Florida team is going to win the East. I'm sorry. They're not going to win the East probably. I watched them play against Kentucky. I thought they were sandbagging a little bit, maybe not playing as hard, but after watching Alabama take care of them, I just – I'm not big on Driscoll or that that Muschamp has that locker room. So, Butch Jones at home, I wish this was a night game, Trey. I do. Mm -hmm. I would feel more confident. But I like the volunteers and what Butch Jones is doing. If Worley plays a good game like he did Saturday, they're going to win by a touchdown. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm in our weigh-in sports uh, talk page on Facebook. If you haven't joined it, you know, you want to join it, please do. Uh, Our college pick them. I want to go over some of the, the games that I think are surprising. NC State, Tarvin, I'm seeing uh, at least two people in our our pool has picked NC State, which surprises me. So Clemson's uh, not not an overwhelming favorite uh, in our pick so that's interesting. Uh, Baylor looks like Baylor, Oregon, overwhelming. I see Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. So – not a single person in our pick'em right now, Tarvin, is Florida winning, which is, um, you know, says something about the Florida program. Tarvin, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm sorry. I was on mute. Uh, Quinn's in the okay. studio with us. We're going to take a break from our pick'em just for a moment. Quinn, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Didn't even, I didn't even click on. You didn't. Well, you're you hit number one. It's in the studio. So I didn't. I was just listening. I'll I'll bring you back in, Trey. uh, Nobody picked Florida, and the yeah, not one single Florida pick. Yeah. All right. Take it to the next one. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. um, You know, not having Florida playing Tennessee and, and not having anybody confident in Florida. So number six, Tarvin, we have the number four Oklahoma Sooners, 4-0, traveling on the road. And by the way, this is number six, and uh, there are six games within the top 25. So we're going to get a chance to see what some of these teams are made of. Now, TCU is ranked for the first time this year at number 25, 3-0. Not much of a signature win. I mean, their their win against Minnesota was really their standout, Tarvin. They haven't played that tough of a schedule. So this is their first game where they're going to get tested. Tarvin, if you're looking at a line, I don't know if you have that up, the line looks like... I think it's six or five. It's actually five, I believe. Yeah, five. Oklahoma's only favored five. 
So Tarvin, I'll let you go first. Uh, let me tell you what our what our, our pool has decided on this game. We have um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, TCU, Joshua Shaw, hmm. Oklahoma. Let's see, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. So Tarvin, Joshua Shaw in our pick'em has picked TCU. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I've not been high on Oklahoma. And, you you know, before the season started, this was a game that I predicted Oklahoma to lose. And, mm-hmm. and I think the point spread says it all. I think the point spread says it all. This TCU team is very athletic. They don't lose at home very often. They're, I think they're getting used to the Big 12 and what it takes to win. I like Gary Patterson and his TCU squad to pull the upset. And I, wow. I, I don't know. I, I think Oklahoma, even though – they're playing TCU, and I think they respect them. I think they're maybe looking around the nation at the other games going on wondering what if. They get caught looking ahead in a way, and uh, they get beat by number 25 TCU. Sons of the world to get this upset weekend rolling. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're out the other round of possibility of OU looking past them. This is a 2.30 central time kickoff, middle of the day, uh, but you know, you just wonder how much focus they're going to have against TCU. They, with all the focus of the nation being around the SEC, uh, you know, even in the Big Ten when you have the Nebraska, uh, Michigan State game, I mean, there's just so many other games that people are looking at. You kind of wonder if Oklahoma, you know, might sleepwalk into this game because they just assume that if nobody's talking about it, they're a clear favorite. But the line is low, and I think TCU is going to fight. Tarvin, I'm going to pick Oklahoma. Um, but I would not be surprised. You know, I'm not super high on them. I think almost every ESPN analyst has them number one uh, in their power rankings or college playoff rankings or whatever, wherever it is. Um, you know, so we'll see, Tarvin. This is their first ranked opponent. Um, we'll see, Tarvin. I'm going to take them. But, but, uh, but, spread, but Trey, how lucky yeah. is Oklahoma though that that like game day is not in TCU, drawing more attention to this game and. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, this is a game day kind of game if you think about it. I mean, TCU undefeated Oklahoma, but the problem is it's the sixth best game, probably seventh best game of the day. Um, TCU, give me the key real quick. If TCU is going to pull this upset off at home, what do they have to do? I think you have to rattle the quarterbacks for uh, for Oklahoma. His name, can't remember his name right now, but. You rattle him. You know, you and I saw him play in the Sugar Bowl, and that was the first game that he really broke out. But, you know, I haven't seen him, you know, have a big moment, you know, a lot. And that's the big moment we saw great in the Sugar Bowl, but now here's another season. So we'll see. If if he gets rattled, Tarvin, they can hit him a couple times, force a turnover, get in his head a little bit. I I think this is a fourth-quarter game, Tarvin, they're going to be in trouble. Well, here's the deal. If Oklahoma was so good, don't you think Trey would remember the quarterback's name? And that's that's what I'm trying to that's what I'm trying to tell people out there. Let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here and crown Oklahoma champions just yet. I think there's some games on their schedule that could trip them up. And and I don't care what conference you play in. I don't care if it's the ACC, the Big Ten. In order to go undefeated, you have to be a great team. And I don't care what conference it is because it takes so much. It's harder to focus for 12, 13 straight weeks than it is just to be better than your opponent. Sure, Oklahoma's probably better than every opponent on their schedule. 
but it doesn't mean mentally they're going to be into it every game. So I like TCU. Trey likes Oklahoma. But like Trey said, he wouldn't be surprised if TCU pulls the upset. But here to me at number five, Trey, is one of the most intriguing games of the day. I think game day would be there if it didn't have a bunch of other games in front of it. But Nebraska taking their 5-0 and record and number 19th ranking two Sparty, number 10 team, 3-1. and I mean, a huge game. The winner of this game, you know, is, is – favored really to maybe make the playoff. I mean, especially if Nebraska goes in and wins this game and wins out, it looks a lot better. But I think this game's more important for Michigan State in the Big Ten. Don't you think the Big Ten's pulling for Michigan State in this one? Yeah, well, they're the, obviously I think they're the the team that I think they think they can get in because, I mean, of the game at Oregon, a lot of us saw a fight in Michigan State in that game, even though the score ended up being a little bit of a runaway. I think that was like the okay. Well, maybe that's the one team out of the Big Ten that could do it, even with a loss. I don't think there's another team that that I would see getting in. I mean, and Nebraska went undefeated. Uh, I think they have a decent shot. You know, they, they, I think they would probably get in an undefeated Big Ten team, um, even with Nebraska's schedule. It's a pretty debatable, depending. But I, I think the best shot is Michigan State runs it out and looks pretty good doing it. Target it's a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, Michigan State. Um, I think the Oregon game is going to help them out a lot in this game. I think Nebraska, who has struggled against what McNeese State earlier this year, they've had they've had uh, some of the issues of playing down to opponents, but they play up to opponents as well. So I think you're going to see it if you've watched a couple games in Nebraska and you're like, hey, this team is garbage. You're going to see them play probably their best game of the season. This is going to be close, Tarvin. Seven and a half points. I'm not sure it'll get there. I think Sparty will pull away in the fourth quarter, though, Tarvin. I'm predicting a state win. Yeah, but look, Nebraska fans out there, the reason you're ranked 19th or 20th and you're 5-0 and is because a lot of other teams have lost games and you've, you've made your way up to the top 20. And, and like you said, McNeese State, they played a, a terrible Fresno State team. They played Nevada and uh, some other terrible teams, and here they are undefeated. And I think you remember when Mississippi State was 7-0 and and they were talking about going to Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and Alabama beating <laughs> by 50. That that yep. could be what we're in store for here. I think Michigan State's defense is perfect, a, a perfect matchup for Nebraska's offense. And I think being at home, Nebraska doesn't stand a chance in this game to me. I, I like Michigan State. They're the only team in the Big Ten that I think could win the Big Ten and make the playoffs, and I think they're going to make a strong statement game. And, and you said it right. You lose to Oregon the way they did. They were in that game. But to come out Saturday night and, and win an impressive game, the, the question is how many people are going to be watching this game? I mean, I think a lot of people will because all the, the better games are during the day. Auburn and LSU mm-hmm. are playing that night. But this is a game that's going to be watched by a ton of people. And this is a statement game for Michigan State. They win by two touchdowns straight. Yeah, I, I think that Michigan State could make a statement in this game. I, I think the way I've heard a lot of Sparty talking about is they are looking to make a statement, Tarvin. Yeah, they, they have to. If they barely beat Nebraska, I think it kills. I think it kills them for the rest of the season. I'm sorry. I think it does. Yeah, I think you're right, Tarvin, on that. I, I think in this game, Tarvin, you're also looking at um, – Sorry, my, my kid made some popcorn. Oh, okay. um, so uh, I, I think, Tarvin, another thing to look at is nobody in our in our pick'em is picking 
uh, against Sparty in this game. So, again, another indicator. Usually if everybody in our pick em, uh is on the same page, there's, there's not a whole lot of upsets to go on. And every once in a while we all get shocked. But, uh, so I'll move it on. That's a good point. Yeah, Hello, yeah. Trey. That's a good point because the people that pick in this, in this group, we don't have hundreds or nothing, but the people that pick these games are very solid and they know college football, right? I mean, you agree with that. So I'll, I'll look at these picks. Oh, yeah. If I'm looking to to look out in the future and see what's going on, I, I do look at what people think. And when Nebraska fans are picking Michigan State, that ought to tell you something as well. But uh, welcome to yeah, Abrams in the chat room, a big Bama fan in there. I was late bringing up the chat room. What were you going to say, Trey? No, I was saying you you picked exactly right. We have a good number of Nebraska fans who are fans of our show. We're fans of them, obviously. And uh, they're in our pick and Joshua Shaw is picking against Nebraska. So, now, I think the defense is really going to play well for Michigan State. But, Tarvin, another game, moving us on to your boys down in the Plains. Everybody in our, our pick as well is picking Auburn to dominate or at least win against LSU. How does that make you feel before you and I talk about pick how do you How do you feel about everybody picking Auburn? Uh, I don't like it. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a game, and if you know LSU and Auburn, that game like I do, God, I mean, there's been so many crazy finishes, and one common thing is it's always usually close. Unless Auburn goes to Baton Rouge at night, it's usually a close yeah, game. But absolutely, yeah. Uh, this, this is a lot. I mean, LSU starting a true freshman on the road at night. And, and Auburn's one of the toughest places to play at night in the country. I know that. I've been to a lot of stadiums at night, and Auburn is a very tough place. But, you know, Les Miles, is this a desperation move? So, I mean, he's lost one to Mississippi State in the division. If he loses to Auburn, you can say LSU is done, really, when it comes to the playoff or the SEC West. You can't start 0-2 and expect to, to do anything, really. Yeah, and, you know, here's the – you and I talked about this on the show. I I was a fan at the Florida State point for Watson at Clemson. Going to that game, I said, you got to start Watson. If not, they're going to get beat bad. I mean, even with, um, you know, a, a bad backup in, in McGuire. And then I said, I told you two weeks ago, I said, you know, LSU has to play Harris in that game to have a shot. Well, you know, maybe Les Miles listens to the show, Tarvin, because, you know, this week he, he announces that Harris – is starting. Uh, you know, I said the same thing about Florida going in. I said, yeah, Ben Strokes will get Trey and Harris in there. Uh, I, I really think that these, these three young quarterbacks, and, and we've talked about this a lot, these guys are coming up in systems that are so complex in high school. I mean, these high schools aren't running the wing tee. They're running sophisticated West Coast uh, offenses with multiple reads and the receivers. So they're coming to these big-name colleges, LSU, it's ready to play. So I think Harris is going to keep them in the game, Tarvin. He's going to make mistakes. Probably Auburn forced him to make a couple mistakes. It's going to – it's probably going to – Auburn's going to win the game. I'll tell you that. But I think Harris is going to make this very exciting. And I think he has the ability – these young kids have this ability yep. to basically just shake it all off. They're so cocky. They're, they're the kings of the world. And, and they don't – you saw, you know, the LSU game against uh, Mississippi State. He almost brought them back in the fourth quarter. He, he's like he wasn't phased. So I think he's going to get rattled a little bit at times. He's going to get, but he's going to get that confidence back. And LSU is going to stay in the game. But this is Auburn at night. Come on, man, Auburn. Well, well, I'll tell you this. I mean, the line went from started at nine, and this was before Harris was mentioned. It got up to ten in some places. And as soon as it announced that Harris was the quarterback, guess what? It dropped to seven and a half. 
eight, somewhere around in there. That's a huge drop. And, and one good thing about this kid, Gus Malzahn and, and Rhett Lashley recruited him. He was supposed to come to Auburn. We had him almost. So they've watched a lot of film on this kid. And I think if anybody can pick up some tendencies on him and, and hurt him, especially being at home. If this game was in Baton Rouge, I wouldn't feel as confident about it. But I think what a lot of people now are, are and, and still, Trey, Auburn is under the radar, believe it or not. <laughs> They're sitting at number five, and nobody's really talking about them. And they've been struggling. They they haven't executed on third down as, as much the last couple of games. They've sputtered. But I think this is a statement game for Auburn. They play at Mississippi State next week, and then they get a bye. I think it's time to see this Auburn team open it up, open the playbook up, and put some points on the board. Nick Marshall plays better at night than besides the Kansas State, but he played okay. So I like Auburn pretty big in this game, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy. Usually I'm more conservative in this game, but I think Auburn wins by two touchdowns. Call me crazy, yeah, I, but I just, I just really believe it this time. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, absolutely. I just think – I think that you'll see some very big plays for LSU. I mean, we're talking about 70, 60-yard passes. I think um, they'll give up a few of those, Tarvin, but I think you're right. Overall, Auburn will wear them down, especially in the fourth quarter. It may, they may pull away. They may stay around around that seven-and-a-half-point spread. But I do, I do love you, I, the move. I, I want to I interrupt you real quick. Sorry, Jimmy Abrams put something in the, in the chat room that, that brought – it remembered that last year Auburn went into Baton Rouge as 17-and-a-half-point underdog. And that's what sparked their season last year in the second half. They came back. Now they come in a year later, and they're like a 10-point underdog through Vegas when it opened up. That's a 27-point swing in one season. I mean, that's a lot, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, yeah. I mean, LSU has lost so many people to the draft that, uh, I mean, eventually it had to start really impacting, you know, the, their performance. But, you know, I, I keep saying it, less miles a year is next year. Every four years, if you look at the history of Les Miles, he has a, a championship-caliber team, uh, and it'll be next year. It's just not this year, Trevor. Yeah. I mean, the SEC West next year, you look at Texas A&M, how young they are. Look at LSU, how young they are. Alabama and Auburn could be playing for last place or something in the West. You never know. But Texas A&M and, and LSU are going to be scary good next year. But how how valuable is the experience Harris gets because – even if they go to Auburn and lose, what about playing Alabama in Baton Rouge? What about playing Texas A&M, a team they match up good with? They play mm-hmm. Ole Miss. LSU could could really do some damage to teams, either, even Saturday, but later in the season. Oh, yeah, I, I completely agree. That's why I think it's the right move. He's way too talented, um, and he's going to make big plays. He's going to make big mistakes, and we see that out of a lot of freshman quarterback, you know, outside of Manziel and, and, and sort of Winston. I mean, most freshman quarterback have, you know, large runs of errors, but large greatness as well. So, um, like the move, Tarvin, but just Auburn's too good of a team, I think, to lose at home on a Saturday night. It's just – it would really surprise me if LSU pulled an upset. It would, I would be really, it'd probably be the surprise of the day. Well, I have a question. Say LSU goes into Auburn and wins, how many losses are you going to put on the Auburn Tigers, number one? And number two – if Auburn loses to LSU, do we see Jeremy Johnson as the starting quarterback in Auburn for the rest of the year or, you know, to the point where they want to build him up just as a sophomore for next year? I don't think one game is enough time to throw in the towel, but let me know what you think. 
Well, I think depending on Nick Marshall's play. Uh, now, now here's some Miles Vaughn seems very loyal to Marshall, and so that we have, and that's kind of the thing um, that we have to consider. So I think Marshall got to play pretty badly in a loss for that to be the key. Um, he goes out and throws three picks, fumbles the ball twice, and maybe yeah. Then I think Jeremy Johnson's in the game, for, you know. Um, but they lose. Nick Marshall's okay. I don't know, man. I just don't see Malzahn pulling the trigger on that. Um, I'll tell you, I don't I don't see a loss here impacting the entire season for Auburn. They're a good, they're a good football team. Now, they lose here, you're looking at maybe two losses and no playoffs for sure. Um, but I, I'm telling you, I just would be very surprised if Auburn lost this game. Yeah. I wouldn't be too. I just want to throw that out there to you. And, and so we're both picking Auburn, and I'm sure a lot of people are. So Auburn better not disappoint. Number three game, just a question for you, Trey. Why does Stanford and Notre Dame intrigue you more than Auburn LSU? Is it because the SEC already had their two premier matchups and this is actually a chance for Notre Dame to really have a chance to to get their name in the conversation? Because really Notre Dame hasn't played anybody yet. Michigan win is really nothing after you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think what intrigues me about this game is sort of what intrigues our pick'em people. Uh, you, you see everybody picking Auburn, but in their pick'em, it's it's a half and half. It was completely split. Notre Dame got a bunch of people picking them, and Stanford got a bunch of people picking them. I think this game is up in the air. I think it's a toss-up. The line is two and a half. Stanford's actually favored on the road, um, which which I kind of surprises me, and it gets really and makes me really think. That you know, I don't like to buy the Vegas hype, and you know, that really makes me think <laughs> something's up with this game. And so I think that this game intrigues me because I think it is one of those games that no one knows or no one seems to be very comfortable with an outcome. Yeah, that's a great point. Now, now, Trey, you're starting to look at that Vegas line a little more. I know before, say, I'll take you back to last year, Trey. You didn't pay attention to Vegas lines, but going through this show with me. With me, the conspiracy theorist here, you you, you finally start picking up on on the lines, and I agree. I mean, to me, this line tells me that Stanford's going to win the game, and it could be by a couple of touchdowns. Because how many people in the world love Notre Dame, Trey? They're one of the sweethearts of of this country. The media pumps them up and hype, and for them to be an undefeated team ranked in the top ten ahead of Stanford and be an underdog at home, what does what does that tell you? I mean, <laughs> I was surprised too when I saw this point spread. Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things that I go you know, I swear I don't like I don't like you getting into your conspiracy crazy stuff to get in my head, but it really did for this game. I was looking at it and I was like, man, <laughs> either Stanford's gonna blow them out or Notre Dame's gonna blow out Stanford. This is gonna be one of those crazy games. The line is too weird for this to be, like, not a crazy game. Like, this is going to be where Everett Golston becomes a Heisman Trophy you know, candidate and throws, like, six touchdowns, or this is one of those games that Stanford just runs the ball down Notre Dame and we're all like, well, we thought Notre Dame was pretty terrible, and there it is. Uh, I, I am so up in the air about this game. The line has got me so confused. I would have had – I expected, you know, a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite for Notre Dame, Tarn. So this – Me too. This has got me, this has got me going crazy. Me too. I, I promise you. When I, I take, I write the lines down for games, and I had Auburn LSU at at ten, believe it or not, and it, it opened up at nine. But Stanford Notre Dame, I opened up Notre Dame a three and a half point favorite at home, and and I looked at their record, their ranking, 
Stanford didn't look good against Southern Cal, but mm-hmm. I, I'm just looking at it. I think what Vegas is saying here to us and to everybody out there is Notre Dame has goals in Trey, and that's about it. They've lost a lot of defensive players with that suspension, remember, and yeah. I think people mm-hmm. are putting too much weight on the Michigan game. I mean, they blew out Michigan, but, my God, so did Minnesota the other day in the big house. So that wasn't a huge win. I think Stanford's defense, is going to really limit Golson to what he can do, and I think Stanford's offense can pass the ball on Notre Dame, and I think I think Stanford gets a win uh, at South Bend. Yeah, nothing you said I disagree with, and I'll tell you, my gut is telling me to pick Notre Dame. I, I don't know why. I don't know if I make more of the Golson hype. Maybe I've read too many Golson hypes. Maybe too many of our Notre <laughs> Dame fans have been smack-talking in the chat room, and I believe it. <sighs> Well, I think I'm, so. I'm, let's see if, let's see if Quinn, before you pull the trigger, Quinn, you haven't pressed number one. So right now, if you want to talk, press number one, and I'll let you in. Uh, here, Quinn, you know, convincing me that, that I should pick Notre Dame. I, I'm very close, Quinn. Very close. All right, Quinn. I need cl- Quinn, no, no, convince Trey. Convince him. Well... If Notre Dame has five or six turnovers like they did against Syracuse, they're definitely not winning. But I think their defense is good enough, and I think their offense is is good enough to beat Stanford. I'm really not that impressed with Stanford so far. But they always seem seem to be a team that starts off slow, Stanford. So I think Notre Dame gets them at the right time at home. And I actually think it might be good for Notre Dame to be an underdog. They may take that as disrespect. And Quinn, I want to ask something about the last game that, that I remember. Notre Dame played Stanford in South Bend, and a controversial call ended that game. Mm-hmm. How much – Payback have to do. How much does Shaw circle that game and said, we're going to go win this game without the officials having any kind of impact in it? Does that kind of concern you a little bit? Mm. Not too much. If I think he would have had that game circled last year. And uh, Notre Dame was an 8-4 team last year and went into Stafford, and Stafford only won by seven points. Well, I just know how Notre Dame likes to, you know, to use their home field advantage to their advantage, like growing the grass up three feet tall when, when Southern <laughs> Cal came into town. So I just want to know what kind of trick is, is going to happen with the Irish this weekend. What kind of home field advantage should I look for? Fake snow on the ground? What? No, they'll just speed them out right. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm going to be at the Auburn LSU game, so I probably won't actually be able to watch that Notre Dame game. I'll have to be keeping it up with it on my phone. Well, well Quinn, just DVR the game, man, and I'm glad you're going to Auburn and, and representing. That's going to be – you've never been to Jordan-Hare Stadium, correct? No, I haven't. Well, you picked a great game to go, a night game against mm-hmm. LSU. I've been, to, I've been to every LSU game except the one last year in Baton Rouge for the last about eight years. So this is the first LSU game I'll be missing. But uh, pull us through, Quinn. Take care. And, and, Trey, I don't know if that was enough to convince you or not. 
you know, it really was. And I was like, man, come on, Quinn. Like, I don't know. Now you're telling me about the five. You're reminding me of the five turnovers at Syracuse that I had forgotten about. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know what, Darwin? I'm going to pull the trigger. And the Golden Domes better not let me down. Uh, but i got to tell you, it's probably, uh, even though I've lost some games in this pick, um, I have I have not been this this shaky about a pick. So I, I'm going to go to Notre Dame. But, man, I don't feel good about it. I feel bad about it. Yeah, this is the toughest game. Uh, the Tennessee-Florida game is a tough one to pick, but this uh, this Stanford-Notre Dame game is even tougher. Uh, which, how good is Notre Dame? I know Brian Van Gorder is a defensive coordinator for Notre Dame that coached at Auburn when they were 3-9. and nine. And remember I told you I thought mm-hmm. he was a yeah. great defensive coordinator. He just didn't have any players. Well, I, yeah. I still believe that. He, he's going to be able to limit Stanford, I'm telling you. He's going to be able to, to make them struggle. But at the end of the day, I like Stanford to to pull this upset, but I heard something, and tell me what you think. Notre Dame, a one-loss Notre Dame team, could make the playoff. I don't see any chance of that happening. Do you? Ah, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I a lot of things would have to be perfectly in place, I think, for that to happen. But you know, the, you and I are, are skeptics, so I try to, I try to remember that when we talk about Notre Dame. Um, so yeah, I've always been I'll just negative. say I. I I'll say I'll say that I'm just skeptical. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're picking Notre Dame. I'm picking Stanford, and that takes us Trey to a game that that made me scratch my head when when they say undefeated Mississippi State at home against undefeated A and M. Both are close to the top ten. Texas A&M is number six, but A and M or Mississippi State is close. But this is a day game, a noon kickoff in Starkville, yeah. which to me, Trey, kind of favors me towards A&M because if this yeah. was a night game in Starkville, it would be a lot tougher for a freshman quarterback. But, I mean, tell me. I mean, this is a tough one, too. Texas A&M was an opening favorite, one-and-a-half, and now Mississippi State's jumped out to about a one-and-a-half point favorite. Tell me what you think, Trey. You know, I've gone against picking for any Mississippi team in a ranked game, and it's done me very well in the, in the time we've been on our show. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I've lost any of them, actually, um, except for the Mississippi State game against LSU. And that's the first one where uh, I got burned by a Mississippi team finally winning a big game. And I said I would never pick them until they won. Well, they finally won, Tarvin. And here I sit with two large games, the biggest games in college football, are being hosted by Mississippi school. So what do I do with that, Harvin? Do I break tradition and I go with a Mississippi school, or or are they one and done? Well, I have a lot of questions yeah. about A&M. I, you know, I, going into the season, I knew they were going to be better than people thought, and I, I even thought ranked um, as well. So, I, you know, I, so far so good on that. But we've seen a lot of mistakes in A&M. We've seen some holes that uh, not only on defense but on offense. And Mississippi State, even though, you're right, a noon kickoff, I don't like that for Mississippi State at all. Um, but I think now it's a two-and-a-half-point two line, and I think that's about right. I think this is going to be a shootout. I would expect this to be a 45-42 game. Uh, but I think Mississippi State at home, uh, Mississippi, by the way, Carvin, if you're a Mississippi fan, do not let me down. Mississippi State, I'm picking you against A&M. <laughs> this will be the only time I pick Mississippi State if they lose this game. So, Tarvin, I think close one at home. I think Kenny Hill is going to make a mistake here. I like when you look at uh, teams that are very similar. To me, Mississippi State's got some questions on defense. So does A&M. 
the same goes for receiver and some of the skill positions. And I look at quarterback play, and I like Dak Prescott by a hair right now over Kenny Hill. This is a tough game, and, and I, I see the holes in A&M, but I also see holes in the secondary on Mississippi State. You know, when this first came out last two weeks ago when Mississippi State beat LSU, and I picked that one, and A&M struggled, my first instinct was Mississippi State's going to beat A&M next weekend. Well, you know, that was Sunday. And then Monday rolls around, I still like Mississippi State. And as the week's going on, and the public has moved that line up, um, towards Mississippi State, I wonder how Mississippi State is going to handle success. You know, you said you've never mm-hmm. been, been wrong in a Mississippi State game before, and what's the odds of them winning two of those games in a row and maybe three <laughs> when, when all wow. comes in next week? That, that's the thing. Mississippi State has a chance to, to win the West almost in the next two weeks, and that's why I think Kevin Sumlin is going to carve up that secondary I think Mississippi State scores points, but I think one thing A&M's got going for them, Trey, is the defensive line's getting better. It's not great by no means, but it's it's more physical than it was last year, and I'm very impressed with that. So I'm going to go – I mean, this is a coin toss, seriously. This is If you say you pick this game and you feel confident about it, you're crazy because there's no way you could feel confident about it either way. Because it's a noon kickoff, I'm going with A&M, Trey. I'm going to not so fast you here. Kenny Trill – Real Hill, whatever his name is, gets the W, and Kevin Sumlin lives to fight another day. But I'm hoping Mississippi State wins and Auburn wins so Auburn can go into Starkville for a 3.30 game next week instead of a 7 or 8 o'clock game. So I'm, I'm pulling for Mississippi State, Trey, because I don't want to play in Starkville at night. Yeah, I'm, again, this is another good coin toss game. We'll get to see uh, a little bit more about each team for sure. Um, and in our, in our pick'em, Tarvin, it's about an eighty percent pick'em for Mississippi State. There are a couple. Um, there's definitely some Texas A and M picks. So you're not alone, and this is not a game that, again, you know, not everybody's picking the same team. So you know it's going to be close. Uh, it's people all over the place for the picks. So uh, Mississippi State feet don't fail me now, buddy. Let's let's win this one for me. Uh, which moves wow. us to the number one. <laughs> I know, man. Number one game, Tarvin, number three, 4-0, Roll Tide, Alabama, at number 11, Hotty Totty, 4-0, Mississippi. Tarvin, <laughs> dare I pick both Mississippis? I have not picked Ole Miss in any game against a ranked opponent uh, since we've been doing this. So, uh, so far, so good. But is this my week to change that philosophy? Well, Trey, I mean, the line on this game concerned me. When Vegas opened this game up, it was a four-point favorite Alabama was in Ole Miss. And if you watch Ole Miss play this year, and I, I wrote this down, what I thought the line should be. I think Alabama should be about a nine or a ten-point favorite in Oxford. So what did Vegas know that makes them only a four-point favorite? That The public has pushed it up to six, which takes a lot of money to do that. So a lot of the public feels Vegas missed this line. Because Vegas, you think Vegas is going to lose millions of dollars off of a mistake, Trey? They generally try not to. Mm-hmm. That concerns me like like the Notre Dame-Stanford game did to you. Mm-hmm. This game concerns me a little bit. What matchup are we missing here? That's the question, Trey. What matchup are we missing? Is it the defensive front of Ole Miss going to put pressure on a freshman quarter – or not a freshman, but a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road? I mean, maybe that's it. I mean, 
I look at and I look at the stats of this game, and I look at Bo Wallace, who's played Alabama twice. Uh, Tarvin, you know how many touchdowns Bo Wallace has thrown against Alabama in two games? None. None. Absolutely zero. And think about that. I mean, Bo Wallace was hyped last year, and he went into Tuscaloosa and couldn't even couldn't get the ball in the end zone at all. And that's coming off a, a season last a year before where he did the exact same thing. So when I, I asked you, you asked the question, Tarvin, I don't know, because that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, Bo Wallace, one thing about him this season, he hasn't run his mouth before the Alabama game. Granted, it's only Wednesday, no bulletin board material yet, but it's, yeah, like early. I said, it's only Wednesday. But this Ole Miss team, to me, I mean, we're going to see an Ole Miss team that comes in and they beat Alabama, or they're going to get blown out. Because, to me, I think they sandbagged this season. Uh, I think they've been not playing anybody, and they haven't executed well. Bo Wallace looked terrible against Boise for three quarters. He looked terrible against Memphis. They've struggled. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're they're putting all their eggs in this basket, and I think they're going to come out and, and really get after this quarterback and slow down the running game of Alabama. And if that happens, Trey, they have a shot to win at home. I think they're going to be in it. A little bit at first, Tarvin, and, and, and you know, I'm going to stick with my philosophy, which is do not pick Ole Miss. Um, and I, what has Bo Wallace done to make me think he can win a big game? And, and, I, and I go back to it, and I try to find something to hang my hat on that Bo Wallace has done. I think the defense is going to keep him in for a while, Tarvin. But I think when Bo Wallace becomes Bo Wallace, which is he's going to throw into triple coverage, um, you know, what, their defense can only do so much when the ball's in the tent over and over again. And I, and I look at Bo Wallace and I, and I say, okay, well, who has he not turned the ball over against? And, and it's been every week. Uh, and I don't, I don't see that changing against the better, the best defense he's going to face. I mean, of course, this isn't the 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 best defense that Alabama's had, but it's still the best defense I think Ole Miss has seen this year. So. I look at that game, Tarvin, and I just I, I have no confidence in Ball Wallace. I look at Alabama and Blake Sims, and I think he's getting better each week. I just think Blake Sims, Ball Wallace, picking Blake Sims. Yeah, I mean it's Bo Wallace. People said coming in, he was the best quarterback in the SEC, and, and I don't <laughs> buy all that. But I look at this matchup. Nobody really talks about this matchup: Hugh Freeze versus Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, really, you you start looking at it like that. Nick Saban's had two weeks to sit here and look at this game, and trust me, he, he knows how big it is. He he said that Ole Miss is their best opponent so far. They played this season, and and I don't care what he says or how much you prepare. You still have a quarterback that doesn't have experience playing on the road, and I think this game is going to come down late fourth quarter. I think Ole Miss could carry a lead, but I think Alabama finds a way to win because they're Alabama. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Ole Miss beat them. It really wouldn't. I don't think it would surprise a lot of people if Ole Miss pulled a win off. But at the end of the day, the running game for Alabama, the athletes they have. Ole Miss has had a couple of good recruiting classes, but what's going to happen in that fourth quarter when Alabama needs a break and they bring a five-star third string in that doesn't miss a beat and Ole Miss's front's worn out because maybe they couldn't move the ball against Alabama. So I'm going to pick Alabama, Trey, in a very close game, something like 27 to 24. Uh, It's going to be a thriller. 
but not both teams. So it's just, I mean, I think both of the Mississippi teams go 0-2 this Saturday on a big stage. Yeah, in our pick on Tarvin, I, I count the three Ole Miss picks. Um, you know, so there, there is, you're right, there's, there's confidence that Alabama may go down this weekend. I'll tell you what, if, if it happens, Tarvin, one of two things is going to happen. Bo Wallace is going to play the game that we have not seen out of Bo Wallace, um, and which will surprise me. Or two, Blake Sims has a game that people predicted in, before the season on him. I think one of those two things has to happen, and maybe both have to happen, I think, for Ole Miss to win. I, you know, this is just one of those games that, you know, can Blake Sims keep improving, keep getting better? And, and if if so, I just don't see it. Well, Trey, remember, uh, what, 2010 when Alabama was undefeated? They went into a South Carolina game, a 3.30 Eastern kickoff, just like this one. And game day was there, I believe. And South Carolina, Garcia had the game of his life, and they beat mm-hmm. Alabama. That's what it's going to take in order for Ole Miss to beat Alabama is Bo Wallace is going to have to have the game of his career, really, at Ole Miss. And he hasn't beaten anybody yet that you could – he beat LSU last year, but LSU, we found out, wasn't as good as, as what people thought. So yeah. it's going to be surprising if Bo Wallace has a, a career day, but that's what it's going to take in order to beat Alabama. Because Alabama's very talented. Ole Miss is talented. Look at the line of scrimmage in this game on both sides of the ball. The winner of that is going to win the game. That's, I know that sounds cliche, but this game is it's definitely true. Yeah, absolutely, Tari. And I, so here's the thing. I think the score is going to be a running away score. That's just me. I don't put much stock in Bill Wallace. Um, I didn't know at the beginning of the season. I've yet to, to find a reason to. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, Tarvin. That's That's my prediction. I think it's going to be something – uh, so somebody in the chat room said 38 to 17. I think that's about accurate for me. Who said that's in the chat room? Somebody who's in the chat sorry, room? I'm sorry, not the chat, computer. Chat, not the okay. chat room. Sorry, I'm on our Facebook page. I pick them. Okay. Well, real quick, Trey, let's go through our NFL games. Number five, the Bears, two and two, coming off an embarrassing loss at home against Green Bay, and then the Panthers have lost two in a row in embarrassing fashion. What gives here? You know, I, the Panthers, I don't pick them on the road. Uh, and I do look at picking them at home. And this is a home game. Uh, the Bears, I think, are going to be able to that, – that defense for Carolina has showed uh, some flaws. And that's a problem because that's been the number one strength. And we've seen um, a lot of teams, you know, put the ball over the 50 against the Carolina Panthers recently. And that's not a good thing given that offense. But I think Carolina – has a, has a good game. I think their defense bends backwards, uh, meaning they bend back towards being good again. Uh, and I think Kelvin Benjamin, the rookie sensation out of Florida State, catches a touchdown pass, and I think Carolina wins a close game. Uh, I think it's relatively high scoring for NFL, something like 28-24, maybe a 35-31 yeah. game. Yeah, I think the Panthers rebound. But here's the deal. The Panthers have no weapons, really, besides Benjamin. And they get Olsen sometimes. But this is a team that's depleted, and I think they're at the lowest of lows mentally. Um, Shula's a terrible offensive coordinator, but I'm going to pick them because they, they've lost two in a row at home, I believe, haven't they? Or, or did they go? Who did they lose to last week? No, it was Baltimore. The yeah, they lost on the road. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to lose two games in a row at home. I think they beat the Bears, and 
Remember on this show, I said, what if the Bears after seven ga- or after five games look up and they're one and four, or two and three? Well, this could be exactly what happens with the Chicago Bears. I think they're too up and down. I think they beat teams that they're not supposed to, and they lose the teams they're supposed to win. Carolina's a small favorite, but I like them. We both do. And, and number four game, the Texans three and one going to the if the Dallas Cowboys, and now, Trey, all of a sudden I hear people on the Dallas bandwagon. Is it time to pick against Dallas now? Because any time you expect Dallas to win, they lose. Yeah, I mean, and here they are at home. Remember, they had some debacles at home last time. Our Facebook page, Panthers were the majority, about 80-20, the Bears. And the Cowboys, Tarvin, uh, surprisingly, I'm looking through, I see a, one Texans pick so far. Uh, so most people have, have seemed to have fermented themselves upon the Cowboys' bandwagon. Uh, remember, this is not a team that is a dominant home team. The Cowboys are not that team. In fact, there are times they've played better on the road. Um, they're 2-0 and on the road this year, Tarvin. The Cowboys are. They're 1-1 and at home. Uh, so the home does not mean anything to them. So the Texans, Tarvin, am I crazy to think the Texans at 3-1 and are going to win this game? Well, it's Fitzpatrick, the quarterback, going on the road against Romo. And, and I know Romo's inconsistent, but I really do like this Dallas offensive line. And, and, you know, the reason they've been up and down for so many years has been inconsistent offensive line play, and they've put, they put a lot of pressure on Tony Romo to to win games for them by himself, and that's where he's failed and he got hurt. But they can run the ball with Murray now. I like Dallas pretty big at home, Trey, in this game. I, I think they, they put it to Houston. Yeah, and that was I was setting up a rope of dope. Houston, again, is you know, you're talking about Dallas doesn't play that great at home, and that's true. And I think they're going to struggle in this game. I think it's going to be close uh, because, the, you know, they're a team that seems to play better on the road. The Texans do play much poorly, more poorly on the road than they do at home. Uh, J.G. Watt will have an interesting game. I guarantee you that. But I think that Romo will get it done. Uh, I think the fact that Murray is healthy so far and playing well, that's enough. Cowboys win a close one, though. I agree. I think the Cowboys win. And, and the next game, very interesting, the Baltimore Ravens, 3-1, and one, go on the road to Indy, 2-2. Two and two. And, and Trey, I, I do not like Joe Flacco, and I don't like the Colts' defense, but I do like Andrew Luck the ability to be able to score points against the Ravens team that I think that they, they put a lot of stock into that Carolina game last week. So much emotion with Steve Smith. I think they have a letdown and I think Indianapolis and Andrew Luck take care of business. Yeah. I mean, the Colts started off uh, very poorly to the season. I think people got um, a little crazy with their anti-Colts predictions, but the Colts schedule between here and I think week 10, I don't know they play a single, a single team that was in the playoffs last year. So, they're going to go on a pretty big streak. Joe Flacco, by the way, has been pretty pretty good so far this year. He's uh, If you're a fantasy football owner and you drafted him at all, uh, you're probably loving life because he's been putting up some pretty big numbers. He's going to do okay in this game, Tarvin, but I think the Ravens are going to struggle coming off that very, you know, Steve Smith, very emotional win against his old team in Carolina. I think the Colts, uh, I mean, Andrew Luck is leading the league in, 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 in passing yards and passing touchdowns. He's got four passing touchdowns in the past two games. This is going to be something of a shootout. I don't imagine we see a lot of defense in this game, uh, but I think the Colts, again, Andrew Luck, this could be another four-touchdown game, uh, wins this game at home. Yep, I agree. And 
Our next game is a very interesting one. It's a chance for Denver to get some kind of more respect. I think they gain respect going on the road to Seattle and pushing that game into overtime against the NFC West team, the best team in the NFC West. Now they're home against a 3-0 and Arizona Cardinal team with, uh, what, Drew Stanton is the quarterback. Is he still quarterbacking yeah. this week? Or are they? Okay. Yeah, it, it, well, Palmer went for more tests. Yeah, well, Broncos at home, their defense is good enough to slow down Arizona a lot, and I think Arizona's defense gives, you know, gets tired towards the end of the game and, and Denver pulls it away. It's going to be close to, closer than what mm-hmm. people think because I, I, I do think Stanton's a good quarterback. I think he's efficient, and this Arizona defense will keep him in it, but I think Denver scores something like 31-24, Trey. Yeah, I, 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 there's not much I can say that you didn't say. I, I agree with a lot. Um, and this is the only game in the NFL that we have in our pick'em department that everybody picks the same team. That's the Broncos. So um, that should tell you something again. Everybody, they were, people were split on other games. They're not split against Broncos. Everybody got the Broncos at home. Uh, if this was the road, Tarvin, this would be a different story. But I think Stanton, uh, I think look for Michael Floyd, uh, the receiver for Arizona, to have a good fantasy day. Uh, but look for Peyton Manning and the Broncos to win the game, Tarvin, for sure. Chat or, or Facebook's unanimous as well. Yeah, and and our last game, and 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 I can't believe the Patriots are as bad as they are after watching Monday Night Football. The the thrashing they took and the way their offense looks. Cincinnati takes their three and zero record, and I believe they had a bye last week, heading into mm-hmm. New England for was it Monday Night Football? Yeah. Was it Sunday? It's Sunday Night Football. Sunday, Sunday Night, night Football. Yeah. I mean, how long has it been? I don't remember a, a Patriots team looking this terrible. I mean, what's going on with New England? I mean, the receivers are terrible. They don't have any. The offensive line's not giving Brady any time. I mean, what are they going to have to do to be able to beat a Cincinnati team that's very good on both sides of the ball? Yeah, I, I think they have to improve a lot, especially you hit the offensive line is really the key. Brady, being as old as he is, he's never been that mobile. But it, he's not a guy who can really – uh, sit back and take the hits. I mean, he's going to get rid of the ball. He's going to throw it away. He's too old, too old and too smart to take risk. And so you saw him take risk in that game on Monday night, and you saw the turnovers that came of it. Uh, so, you know, this is a rope-a-dope game for me, Tarvin. I, I look at this game, and I think everybody and most of the people in our Facebook page are picking the Bengals. There was one outlier picking the Patriots. And I think, you know, this is one of those games that we, we may panic week to week on the, on the Patriots. You know, the team has a bad week. If you recall, that was the Colts. And for two weeks, everybody's like, well, the Colts are done. They're 0-2. And now look at them. You know, Andrew Luck's been amazing. So the Bengals have always been a much different team on the road, Tarvin. I'm going to go crazy. I think the Pats are going to rebound this game. I really do. I think this is going to be a much better game played for Brady and offense. I think the Bengals will struggle a little bit because they're they're not a good road team. Uh, and I think in a close game, the Patriots win. I'm I'm with you, man. I'm going to be crazy with you, and I'm going to pick the Patriots. It's a night game, and I think Tom Brady's got pride in him. I mean, he's a great quarterback, and he's 37. It doesn't mean he's dead. I mean, he had a couple bad games, but he's killed my fantasy team and put them in the graves <laughs> along, with Cam, along with Cam Newton. But I think he's good enough to get a win at home right here, Trey. So we agree with the Patriots in this one. And, I mean, it, I could see it going either way, but I'm – the, the Patriots lose this game, Trey, and they're two and three. I mean, who do you like in the East? Because it's obviously not going to be New England. I think this is a make-or-break game for their season, honestly. 
I think they can go eight and eight and probably win their divisions. I mean, I, I, this division's that bad. I remember they really don't start playing division games until week six, and that's when the the AFC East starts playing each other. So you know they could be you know two and four by week six at that point, Tarvin, and still end up going nine or ten wins because of the East is so bad. Uh, so as bad yeah. as the ship seems to be for the Patriots, remember they still get two against the Jets, they still get the Dolphins twice, the Bills twice. They still have six possible wins on their schedule because, you know, we've seen the debacle that is the Bills and E.G. Emanuel getting benched. We've seen Tannehill almost get benched. We see people calling for Vic to play. And so the only team in the East, Tarvin, that doesn't have a huge quarterback controversy is the Patriots. So even if they lose this game, Tarvin, I think it's they're still going to be okay. All right. Thanks for talking me off, back on my uh, Patriots bandwagon because I think everybody in the world picked them to win their division, and I think we are panicking a little bit. I know, I know Tom Brady and 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 his coach can find a way to to win if they have to. What do you think about the Patriots bringing in Charlie Wise to come in and call some plays now that he's drawing a paycheck for getting fired for Kansas? And you know, I mean, what do you think about that? I'm surprised. I mean, I'm, I, I guess it, take, it took me off guard, Carvin. That uh, seems to be a panic move to me, for sure. <laughs> well, I would be panicky. If you watch Monday Night Football, Trey, <laughs> you're, you're you're panicking right now if you're a, if you're a Patriots fan. And I, I don't know. I think you'd do anything to to get some flow back to that offense, but. Colin Coward said something one day, or somebody did, about the last last ten drafts, only one of the receivers that they drafted has panned out, and, and yeah. that's it. So you got – I mean, they're busting on draft day, really. And an update real quick in the baseball game, the Giants up 4 to nothing over Pittsburgh. Pitching, pitching, pitching. San Francisco's been in this situation before, and they're taking care of business. Just wanted to throw that out, Trey. Um, yeah. Anything you want to throw in what, before we go tonight? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. The Patriots are actually favored by a point, or the Bengals are only favored by one point. Okay, yeah. That, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, to me, New England's probably going to win that game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a, you, know, you got me on these lying conspiracies this week for some reason. I don't know what I what I drank tonight, but um, that's, yeah. I, again, I thought about that, and I was like, huh? Eh, well, that's what it kind of means to me. I've never heard I've never heard you talk of point spreads until tonight. <laughs> I think you you've always laughed at me. I don't care about the spreads and all this. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it may never happen again, buddy. So <laughs> I know, man. Just just keep drinking whatever you're drinking, and thanks everybody for listening. If you missed a live episode tonight, you know the podcast is out there. Make sure you download it. Listen to us and and spread the word about our show. We're on every Wednesday and Sunday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern until whenever we want to quit. But I'm ready to quit now with this, getting over this migraine headache. So this is a huge weekend of football. And, Trey, Sunday night we're going to have a huge show lined up, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of interesting conversation. All right, buddy. We'll see you then. All right, everybody, take care. Have a blessed week, and and, and get ready for some great college football action. 